We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024, void where prohibited. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. 11.47 at night, we are coming off the Emmys. How you feeling? I, I really love a post-Emmy late night recording. There's nothing like it, Julie. I I got to tell you, um, it, it feels good. As we said a couple of weeks ago, I think that when we were in studio, we forgot that this was a possibility. We didn't even know that we could record virtually right after. And from now on, I, again, as I said, it, I said it before, I will say it again. We will never not do it this way because having that energy coming off of it is just unmatched. Yeah, it's the best. I'm so, so happy we get to do it this way. I know. I also have to tell you, I have been waiting since Thursday to talk to you in detail about Jen and Brad and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Julie, it's consuming my brain in a way that I, I'm almost embarrassed. I am. Trust me. I I feel the exact same way. It's funny because we have spoken about it, but I, I do think not to the extent that we could because I think it's been so much like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and not actually like discussing what happened. So I'm so excited to get into it with you. Yeah. I just want everybody who inboxed us about that to know that the way that you were feeling, I promise you, Julie and I were feeling the exact same way. It is, <laughs> that was just a fucking cultural reset. I cannot wait to get into that. We'll do that probably, I guess, story two or three, but there's a lot there. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to do that with you. I, I can't even explain it. I know. I want to like get the Emmys out of the way so we can eventually get there, but <laughs> In time. Okay, shall we? Yes. So as you guys know, every week we are highlighting a Black-owned business. And this week, the one we're highlighting is actually a game. It's called Culture Tags. And the way it's described is a game for people who love hashtags and culture. And it was founded by photographer, activist, and author Unique Jones Gibson. She's also the creator of the Because of Them We Can campaign. And basically the way that it works, it's very simple. You have a card, you show your team the acronym that comes on the card, and you give them hints to kind of help them guess the phrase without saying it. So it's simple, it's fun. It's very kind of, if you're into this type of stuff, Mimi pop culture vibe, which I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you are, you would like this. Um, the website is culturetags.com, also available at Target, and their Instagram is at culturetags. Okay, Jewel, shall we? Yes. Before we start, I just want to mention, I know, of course, you all know by now, but we just wanted to take a second to acknowledge that on Friday, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away at 87, which is really just a huge loss to our country and our world. And I know she's in a better place, but that one just hit really deeply. And so 
We are sending so much love to her family, anyone who knew her, and in her honor, may we all vote and um, exercise our right to do so. Perfectly said. Okay, so let's talk Emmys for a second. Let's talk Emmys. Ah, one of the greatest sentences in the English language. I know, I knew you'd like that. Okay, here's what I want to start out by saying. I happen to think that Jimmy Kimmel's the type of host where... I'm not saying he's the best host in the world. However, to me, I feel like when I'm going to watch it, I know that it's going to be at least consistent. I really felt like tonight he did an excellent job. He's very adaptable. Good word, Julie. Thank you. No, he is. I mean, so basically, you know, when you're first watching it, I honestly hadn't read anything about how the Emmys were going to go. And at first I was genuinely confused because I was like, there's no way there's this many people here. But I didn't even put two and two together. Of course, I very quickly realized those were all clips that we were seeing from previous years. He kind of, the way they broke it to the audience was he showed himself and he said, wait, how could I be here and in the audience? It then, you know, lit up the room to an empty audience. And I think that doing that type of thing when it's so reliant on audience laughs without it, that's not the easiest job. No, not at all. And I thought that the way they did it was really excellent. Like, of course, if you knew, you knew there was no way that that audience was filled with people, obviously. But there, I'm sure there were definitely a couple of people that were very confused in the beginning. Um, but the editing was excellent in the beginning, the way they did it. I thought it was a really funny and like cute nod to having an audience. And I thought Jimmy definitely handled the lack of an audience really well. No, I thought so too. I also think something that I think I appreciate about him is that his level of enthusiasm to me never comes across as forced. Like he's not overly enthusiastic to the point where you don't believe it. He's kind of just himself. And he happens to have this very, in my opinion, pleasant character. (laughs) And then... Julie, what? I for, I forget about my attraction to Jason Bateman every single time because like, he's not someone that is constantly in my mind. Like he doesn't occupy a lot of space. And then I see him and especially in that little bit and I'm like, you know something? Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Every time we see Jason Bateman, you re-remember. I, I do too. Like I'm not exempt from that. I definitely have like a moment where I'm like, oh, I... Jason Bateman, I forgot. But you always say it. You're like, fuck, Jason Bateman, I always forget, is so hot. It happens every single time. I don't know why. I guess he's not as, maybe because he's not really so active on social media that he's not as a constant in my mind. But yeah, I think what's interesting is maybe because of our job, like doing this podcast, I feel like we watch award shows differently now than we used to. Not I don't know if I'd say more analytically, but it may be a little bit of a different lens. So I was trying to, I was picking up on elements. I don't know if I would have focused on before. And I just like that entire integration. You and I watch award shows so differently. And what I mean by that is <laughs> you're a hundred percent like on the money with saying that we watch it through a different lens kind of now because of our jobs, but just as people, <laughs> you Snapchat us in the middle of that reason. You're like, I'm just so happy for everybody involved. Like I just get so happy when everybody wins. I love that everybody's having a good time and I'm just happy. Like I watch the Emmys and I'm like, fuck that. That's not who I wanted. Fuck that. I can't believe they lost. Like I'm writing down mental notes about how upset I am and like who I'm who like I'm gonna remember for next year, who they screwed over. Like I'm just like, I'm just happy to be here and happy to be involved. And, like, this is not how are we this similar and this different at the same time? <laughs> it's so spot on, Julie. You're so right. There should have been a split screen of, of us tonight, I feel like. Yeah. Although I was I, like, I was like happy tonight. Like most of them I was I was happy with, I'll say. 
I mean, well, let me just say full disclosure to, to stop myself in case I sound overly emotional and anybody is confused as to where it's coming from. I just had one of those days, the past two days, I've just cried a lot for whatever reason, a lot of different things going on and I'm totally fine. But when I'm watching an award show, the f- I didn't even watch, I'm, we'll get into Shit's Creek in a second. I wasn't even an avid Shit's Creek watcher and I am hysterical, hysterical crying. I'm Snapchatting them. I'm like, this is going to be a long fucking night. This is the first show. Zendaya hasn't even graced my screen yet and I'm hysterical. Like we're really in for it. So if I'm talking about this a little bit more lovingly than normal, I just, I was so happy for all of them because I felt like I needed to grab some of that happiness into myself. I don't know what was going on. You know, Julie, you were in it. I was having a real ride. I know, I know you were, but I'm I'm happy that you were able to be happy during it. Okay, let us start with Schitt's Creek. They came out swinging. They broke the record to be the first show to ever sweep all seven main comedy categories. This was, it was one of those things where, okay, the first win, you see it, you start to feel it. The second win, and then you just know, oh baby, we're not stopping, right? It was one, Schitt's Creek is just one of those shows. And, you know, I watched, I think, most of the other shows that it was nominated against. And I can tell you, honestly, it doesn't, they don't hold a candle to Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek was a different type of show. It was, it was a different, I, I can't even explain it if you haven't watched it. I would just really recommend it. I think there is absolutely something in it for every single person. And that's why it did so unbelievably well. I think it is one of the best written shows I've ever watched. I think the acting is superb. And I think that the chemistry with all of the characters is just so special that if you're watching the Emmys and you hadn't watched Shit's Creek, you're obviously going to have that moment of being like, okay, I've heard great things, but like really this many awards. And like, I understand that if you haven't watched, I think that once you watch, you're going to be like, this is just incredibly deserving of everything it got. Yes. And before we get into the wins, I also just think it would be remiss for us not to mention the fact that Jennifer Aniston is presenting the award to ended up being to Catherine O'Hara for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series in such Jen Aniston style. Like, I know that she occasionally gets a little bit of shit for not really changing up her look, but I will say this every single award show. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's she looks- exactly how I feel. Why would you change it up? Why would you mess with perfection? She comes out there and you just know she's going to look glowing. Also, I think that there are a lot of actresses who love to be bold with their style choices and their dresses at award shows. And I think that some of them do it so unbelievably well. But Jen Aniston is just not one of those people. And I don't think we have to force her or pretend that she is. And she every single time nails it, even if it's not an over-the-top dress, even if it's not a bold risk. It's very simple and it works for her. She looks beautiful and stunning every single time. I I don't want to see her in anything else. I find it comforting to know that no matter what I'm doing, no matter what anybody's wearing to an award show, if Jennifer Aniston is there, she will be wearing something that I will absolutely love and that she will absolutely look 10 out of 10 in. I completely agree. You know what? There is so much change in this world. Leave us alone. Let Jen Addison, you know, let her just, exactly. I, I so agree with you. The consistency is very comforting. But the other thing that I was going to say about Just Creek is that what's so unique is, I would imagine, I mean, it's unique as a viewer, so I can only imagine what it's like to actually be in the position. But for Dan and Eugene to be there together, I know Sarah wasn't with them, but to do that 
to have such a massive accomplishment and then know that you're doing it with your son or with your father, that is incredible. You know, like it's one thing to just thank your parents, but for it to be such a joint effort and you can just see the mutual admiration on each other's faces as they're both talking, it was so special. Like watching Dan stand there with tears in his eyes as Eugene is speaking was such a such a unique experience to watch. I can only imagine the energy in that room. Yeah, definitely. It's It was really rewarding to watch. Like, that's incredible. That does not happen really oh often. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's rare. It's also, it, there are so many elements of it that are so special, you know, beyond just, you know, yes, there are father and son duo doing it together. Then it happens to be a show where they get to play the father and son together. And it has to be a show where, there's all of these accolades and awards for it and the most positive reception, like all of those things, any one of them individually would have been so special, but together it's unbelievable. It's such a rarity. It's such a rarity and such a beautiful message. And it was just incredible. I was his Julie hysterical and I couldn't catch a break because every fucking one was Shit's Creek one after the other. And every single one I see Dan and Eugene hug. And I'm just like, I can't handle this right now. I know it was, it was emotional. It was really, I mean, it was great to watch. It was funny because I literally, I texted her. I was like, I wonder how, what Sarah's thinking right now. And we post our story that says, is anyone else crying? And we silent tagged her and she immediately reposted. And it's like, I'm crying so much that I feel dehydrated. I'm like, Oh, that's how she is. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. You were like, genuinely me too, and it's not my family. (laughs) I know. Also, Regina King won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie for Watchmen. Julie, we say this every single time. We are Regina King stands. 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 She is unbelievable. And Watchmen cleaned up. I haven't seen it. Like, that was one of those shows where it really wasn't on my radar. I'd heard of it, and I know she had won other awards for it, but... When something wins that many awards, it would be hypocritical for me not to be like, okay, I have to watch that. Julie, when Yaya Abdul-Mateen wins for uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, and then he thanks Mommy and Daddy, I mean, everyone tonight was just so kind or something. I don't, was it just me? Like, I know, I know I was projecting, but there was a different air to the show. Wasn't there a little? I think that you felt it more probably, but no, I think there was a different air. I think that it kind of had... You know, you take the prestigious element out of it when you do it something like this. And I don't mean that in terms of the award being prestigious. I mean, in terms of the night being kind of elitist and prestigious. And usually you want that in an award show. And usually, you know, that's what you're looking for. But in times like this, I think that it's nice to not have that. And I think it's comforting to not have that to such an extent. And I think that's what we were feeling tonight. Yeah, you're so right. Like just even seeing in people's living rooms and just there was much more of a casual casualness to it, which I mean, it could go both ways because on one hand, people like the glitz and glam because it's a bit of an escape. But I do think that people right now are just seeking camaraderie. And even though it sounds weird to say that there was a sense of camaraderie among Hollywood, in a way there was because of this feeling of like, well, we're all kind of in this together differently, of course, but ish. Right. And you watch, you know, normally when you watch people win, it's they, they get announced, they kiss the people around them, they go up, they accept their award, they give their speech. Like, I, I love it. But also, 
you know, the way they were, they had done it tonight, you got to watch everybody be with their families and win that award, which was also really, really special. I'm not saying that I prefer it. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not trying to be like, this is the way we should do award shows always. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not suggesting that by any means. Um, But there was something nice about the fact that you watched the celebrities that you were looking at kind of be in a somewhat similar situation, even though they were in a situation that most of us will never find ourselves in. Completely, completely. No, I agree with you. Also, you got to give it up to whoever is running the behind the scenes in terms of production, because to have a hundred different live streams going and to have it all go so perfectly, I think there was one minor Wi-Fi hiccup is incredible. I mean, I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Very, very impressed with that. It was excellent. Also, Mark Ruffalo, not similar to Jason Bateman because I think of him more frequently. However, it really is interesting the way that social media makes you feel like you know people because here he is, he wins for I Know This Much Is True, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie. And while he's talking, all I can think about is his Chris Evan tweets from last week, which is like such a small, tiny thing, but it's it's just interesting how someone like that who interacts relatively frequently on Twitter, relatively frequently on Instagram, when you see him on your screen, it's not as much of a, um, like a rarity kind of. Also, I, I'm not saying this with any like proof or, or like actual knowledge of this, but I consider Mark Ruffalo to be one of the most widely liked people in Hollywood. Agree, hard agree. so, so, so hard to agree. I don't know if that's just because I think of him from 13 going on 30. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I feel like I always just hear really good, nice things about him. I completely agree. He just seems like a good guy. Yeah, no, I've really, I've, I've only heard good things, which is, which is nice and, and kind of expected of him, or I would hope it would be. Also, if you're like me in terms of this category, my mom loves Mark Ruffalo also. So we're watching and she's so excited. She never watched the show. She has no idea what the show is. Never heard of it. Just knows Mark Ruffalo was so excited. And she was like, why don't you seem excited for Mark Ruffalo? I was like, I am a Paul Mescal fan. I wanted him to win that so badly. Normal People was my show of the year. And she was like, you can still be happy for Mark Ruffalo. I was like, I will be in 10 minutes. I will be in 10 minutes when I get over this. I know, you know, you aren't. That's very true about you, Julie. You are incredibly loyal to Paul Mescal. And I actually think that that's something I admire about you. Thank you for admiring that about me. I know, it's true. It was such a special show. I I loved it. He is so hot in it. Well, I was going to say, is it that it's such a special show or are you just so unbelievably attracted to him? It's both. It is a special show and I'm unbelievably attracted to him. But I will tell you, for you personally, there's one scene which they showed a snippet of when they were uh, going through the nominees where he's uh, in a therapy session and he like breaks down. It's like a, it's like a very, very intense scene. And I think that if you were to watch that scene, you would be like, Oh my God. Also the, okay. One more thing that I'll say about it is that. You don't have to stop yourself. I love when you talk about it. The way, (laughs) thank you. The way I feel about a lot of TV shows and movies is that a lot of times they throw a sex scene in for the purpose of like sex sells. Like the story doesn't need the sex scene and I'm not complaining, but it's it's not like it moves the narrative along. It's not like it it changes anything. It's not like it enhances the show. It's just kind of like a sex sells, let's include this. Um, when in reality, if you were going to show like a character's connection, sometimes you could just have that leading up scene without it really going all like. What I'll say about normal people that goes into the attraction of Paul Mescal is that I think that 
the sex element of the show and the sex scenes in the show are like vitally important to the narrative and the storytelling. So I think that when you keep that in mind and the type of sex scenes that it is, it is very hard to not be as attracted to him as I am, I think. Okay, so you're saying it enhances it. Yes, I think that it is like the sex scenes in that show are vitally important to to the storyline. Okay, noted and appreciated. And that is definitely my next one. You know that's next one. Right? Well, it has to be next on my list because after the way you spoke about Euphoria and then also to everybody listening who also said the same thing to me in DMs, like I listened to you guys too. It was definitely a joint effort among our listeners and thank God I did. So what am I going to do? Not listen to you now about normal people? I'm not crazy. I know you're not. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Do we get to talk about Zendaya? How does that mean? I want to very quickly just mention Jen Addison, Courtney Cox, and Lisa Kudrow. Oh, that's okay with me. I I can understand that. There is just someone, we reposted a tweet tonight that was kind of someone saying like, I don't care. I will still never not be excited when those three come on our screen. There is just something about it. You're right. What you said earlier is so true. There's a sense of comfort that it brings. And also knowing like they are real life friends as we know, but also Jimmy Kimmel is genuinely really good friends with Jen Aniston and Courtney Cox and that whole crew. So there was just this element where it seemed more real. I think Jimmy Kimmel and Jen Aniston, first of all, have such an amazing dynamic. I really, really like enjoy them together. Um, But I think that the thing with Courtney Cox and Jen Aniston and Lisa Kudrow together is that it kind of feels like, I don't want to say beating a dead horse because that's not how I feel, but I could see other people feeling that way. Like, oh, it's so constant. We see it all the time. But it's really not because Courtney Cox joined social media so recently and Jen Aniston even more recently. And it's kind of only since then that we've seen their friendship And yes, when they post, a lot of the times they will make a friend's reference, but it's not like one of those things where you see cast members getting together for the sole purpose of reviving a show that no longer exists. They are genuinely friends and they genuinely hang out and they would be hanging out without wanting to make a reference to please us. And I think they know what we want and they know what their fans want. So when they hang out and they post about it, it's only natural that they would kind of throw that in. Um... But I feel like when I see them together, because it really is only recently because of social media that we're seeing them, it still feels special to me, at least. Julie, I obviously could not agree with you more. I will never get sick of it. Mark my words, I will never get sick of it. I enjoy it. I don't care. I, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of the most, one of the most, if not the most iconic television shows ever. So when you see those people 
not only being friends in real life, but making reference to the show, acting like they did in the show, like no time has passed at all. I just think it's special. I don't know. I can't help it. I I know there are a lot of people that kind of think the friends hype is over crazed or, or they're kind of sick of it. I don't know. I mean, I think if that's you, you have other shit going on in your life. Um, but I, as a fan of the show who would like, has watched that show since I was little, since I can remember my dad yelling at my mom for letting me watch it. Cause he thought it was inappropriate. Like I'm going to get excited every time I see them together. I'm sorry. No, I think that we all also just really enjoy this idea of being frozen in time. Like there's just something that the part of all of us that doesn't want time to go on and like wants to hold on to our childhood or just years past, I think just appreciates that element of um, like, you know, nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. Zendaya, shall we? We shall. I, can I, one thing, one thing before we talk about it. I do not often like scream at a TV when I'm watching the war show. Like, I'll be excited. But it's not often that I'm like, oh my God, yes, fuck yes. And when Zendaya won, I like, literally, I screamed. My mom was like, what is happening? I've never heard you do that before. I was like, this is one of the most exciting moments of my life. One of the most exciting. She won at 24 years old. She is the youngest winner for lead actress in a drama series in Emmy history. Of course, she won for Euphoria. Okay, this whole thing. First off, she was also a presenter early on in the night. And she comes out and you're like, every single time you can't believe that it's possible for her to look more radiant, more stunning than she did the previous year. Because let us not forget the green dress of 2019 that just fucking stopped the show like in its tracks. Never forget that, obviously. I would would never forget that. And so she comes out in this other gown and we're like, oh my God. And then her look for where she's sitting there and you can only see a little bit of her and she's in the corner in the Zoom and they say Zendaya and you just see she loses it. We all lose it. I felt like, I I know there wasn't an audience, but in my mind, the audience was just erupting. It was an absolute once in a lifetime experience in terms of being a viewer and being a fan of Euphoria. It felt like the most exciting one of the night too. Like I know you, I know that Shit's Creek had so many, and it really was like special and exciting, and and you know history making. But when Zendaya won, and I know it was probably because she was with so much of her family and there was so much noise, but it just felt different. Like I don't know, it just felt exciting. It was one of those moments though where. I was like, I really, I wish this was the real thing. I wish that she won in front of a crowd of people because I know that they would have felt that way too and felt that excitement and it would have been a really special experience. Again, it's still obviously so special to make history winning an Emmy that way. For her to win an Emmy is just, it's beyond. But that was the part in the night where I most was like, I want to see her in person. I want to see her walk up in her dress. I wanted to see her red carpet interview. I wanted to watch everybody kind of freak out. I wanted to watch Storm Reed freak out in the audience and not just, you know, on her IGTV. But listen, I'll take what I can get. Exactly. Who were we to complain at this point? No. I don't know. There was something There was something about it that was really, really unbelievably exciting. And I think, you know, the thing with Zendaya is that she is one of those people where the hype for her is not overhyped. Her versatility as an actress to come off of Disney Channel so recently and then to be taken so seriously in the acting world pretty much immediately is incredibly, incredibly rare. There's something about her that is is just unique among, among people in the industry. It is. And Zendaya is one of those people that 
there was such a cultural element to her prior to Euphoria. And I think even prior to, um, uh, what was the movie, uh, Greatest Showman, where there was our, you know, kind of our generation and a little bit younger. I didn't watch Shake It Up with her, but I did start to really get into Zendaya when there were all, you know, obviously the famous car video of her dancing, her singing Beyonce in the car. Like there was a real cultural element to her that I can only compare it kind of to the cultural element of Kylie Jenner being on Tumblr in the early days. And I know that will make sense to a very select few of you, but if you get that, you'll understand what I mean. So I think from for Zendaya to go from that and us being like, wow, she's an icon in her own right to being an icon in the terms of, you know, entertainment as a whole is just such a special transition. That's a very, very good way to put it. Yes, it's a very special transition that I feel like the entire world was so thrilled to watch her glide along. Yeah, it's it's, it's really special watching her. I know I've used the word special a lot tonight, but it, it is. There's also just something really, I don't know. There, there's something cool about knowing when it's not just like people are excited because she happens to be a fan favorite for one category. There's something fun about celebrating someone when you know that literally everyone else is celebrating with you, whether or not they're even a diehard Euphoria fan. I just think she's one of those people and it's very, very rare, especially in today's day and age, that just captivates people on a massive, massive scale. I agree. I, I, I can't pinpoint what it is about her other than it's everything about her. Exactly. There's no other way to, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't hurt. Listen. And again, I said, I said this about, I feel embarrassed to even make this comparison, but when we were talking about the, um, Lala Kent Randall Emmett podcast with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, and I was this will make sense in a second, but I was just so blown away because I never really listened to Megan Fox in like a podcast setting. And she's talking so deeply about her own relationship with astrology, et cetera. And I said, like my whole life, I viewed Megan Fox as this just bombshell. Like to me, she is just the hottest woman alive. I was like, and then I hear this podcast and for me to say like her looks became the least interesting thing about her, which is not the norm, I don't think, which it should be, but it's not just because she's always been so you know known for her looks, which is something she's spoken about before. So for Zendaya, who happens to be one of the most strikingly beautiful women I've ever seen, for her looks to also be the least interesting thing about her is just such a testament to her talent and her intelligence and her wit and just the general aura that is nothing short of majestic that I feel like she gives off. And of course, that's how it should be. But I'm, I'm just saying it, it's, it, it is special. It is, it is not the norm. No, it's not. It's, um, and not to compare, but it's a very Rihanna vibe. I mean, listen, there's probably like, I say this all the time. The, the, I put these three women in a, in a category of their own, but I always talk about them together somehow, which is Zendaya, Beyonce, and Rihanna. Any of those three people could hit me with their car and I would profusely thank them. I got two texts tonight that said Zendaya could run me over with the truck and I'd say thank you. Two two separate people who don't even know each other. And when neither of those were me, it was just so hard. Anyway, overall, I loved it. I had, I had a great time. I was really happy. It was exactly what I needed. It was kind of like I didn't have my fireplace on, but the vibe that I felt was that I felt like I did. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Like it was just, a, it was a sense of warmth. There wasn't the coldness that can so often be associated with these types of things. Yeah, there was definitely a sense of warmth. I yeah. I was happier than I expected to be. Um, but I know that next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, when it goes back to normal, I will, I will feel much better. It's funny because award shows are one of those things for me where like, 
I understand fully that during this time, it is really the least of our problems. Um, and I, I like don't ever want to make it sound like this is such a sad thing that we can't have it. But there is a piece of you that really gets upset when there's something that you usually look forward to every single year. And then it's just a glaring reminder of, you know, that fact and award shows for me are definitely one of those things. And this night was definitely one of those things. So it was really nice to have a night where it felt as close to award season, as close to enjoying the Emmys as you were possibly going to get. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a um, sense of normalcy potentially. I don't know. There's something about it. it. And I missed what it usually was. Um, And I was sad that it was, I was genuinely sad that it wasn't, you know, the Emmys, but I I enjoyed myself tonight. Well, I'm glad. I love when you enjoy yourself. Thanks, Emmy. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, so changing vibes for a second here, but it's very important that we talk about this. And I first just want to give a trigger warning for pedophilia and child pornography. As I'm sure most of you have heard by now, Jerry Harris from Cheer was arrested on charges of producing child pornography. So let me just get into what happened because I think, you know, some people, or at least according to our DMs, people are really confused. So let's just break down what happened, some of the responses, and then I think we can try to speak to some of the feelings around this news. So... Just for background, he is currently 21, and when all of this started, he was apparently 19. So on September 17th, he was arrested on a federal child pornography charge for allegedly enticing an underage boy to produce sexually explicit videos and photos of himself. So this was according to a press release from the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois. Jerry allegedly contacted an underage boy on social media, Snapchat, and he, quote, repeatedly enticed him to produce sexually explicit videos and photographs of himself. So the criminal complaint alleged that Jerry solicited child pornography images and videos from two twin boys on multiple occasions. I just want to say that there is these boys very bravely and their mother did an interview. I believe it was with USA Today. So it's like a five or so minute clip if you're interested in hearing from them directly. And it actually, the clip is them talking about the experience, their mom also, and it also overlays some of, you know, screenshots of messages. So I just want to mention that in case anybody didn't know that that was a thing. So this complaint later stated that Jerry admitted during a voluntary interview with law enforcement on September 14th to asking one of the alleged victims to take explicit photographs and videos through Snapchat, knowing that the minor was 13. He also apparently admitted to engaging in ongoing Snapchat conversations with the individual beginning in December 2018 and continuing through March 2020. So again, in 2018, he would have been 19. So Jerry has been charged with one count of producing child pornography 
And production of child pornography is punishable by a minimum sentence of 15 years in prison and a maximum of 30 years. And in a statement to E! News, the alleged victim's attorney praised investigators for their quick reaction and said, We are grateful that the U.S. attorney and the FBI have taken swift action to protect children by investigating, arresting, and charging Jerry Harris. This was made possible because our client's mother had the courage to report Harris to the FBI, as well as the Fort Worth Police Department, and provided evidentiary proof of the manipulation, sexual harassment, abuse, and exploitation that her sons had suffered. So... I first just want to read two reactions from cheer um, castmates from Monica and Ladarius. Other people made statements, but I think these were the ones that people were most curious. Monica's was relatively brief. She said, my heart is shattered into a million pieces. I'm devastated by this shocking, unexpected news. Our children must be protected from abuse and exploitation, and I'm praying hard for the victims and everyone affected. Please respect our privacy as our family mourns during this heartbreaking time. Also, I just should mention it, people were really curious whether or not this was going to be brought up on Dancing with the Stars, because of course she's a new cast member. Personally, I, I just don't think that that would be appropriate, so I don't think it's going to be, but I do at least want to acknowledge the fact that people were asking about that. Right. And Ladarius' statement read, I feel as though I've had the wind knocked out of me. How could this happen? The pain of watching the recent events surrounding my friend and former teammate Jerry Harris has been gut-wrenching. As a victim of sexual abuse as a child, I know all too well the pain of experiencing this type of abuse and the difficulties it can create for life after such trauma. My heart goes out to all who may be affected by this behavior from adults. It's wrong and should never happen to a child. I'm broken to pieces to see this happen to someone close to me. To any adult who may be feeling tempted to approach a child in a sexual way, please seek major psychological help. This type of behavior only ruins lives and damages everyone around you. This will not be acceptable behavior now or later in the future. We must do better. We must protect our children. I pray for healing for everyone involved. So the first thing that I want to say is that I obviously understand that from Cheer, Jerry was absolutely a beloved character. You watched him on the show and it was really the reaction that America kind of fell in love with him. He was then asked to be Ellen's red carpet correspondent, I believe, for the Oscars. He got a lot of other gigs based off of the infectious kind of enthusiasm and kindness that he seemed to give off. So yes, of course, when this comes out, people were shocked. But I think that that speaks to a really dangerous phenomenon, which is that a lot of the times I think as people were so quick to just assume that because someone gives off a certain vibe or a certain energy or comes across as this like bubbly kind person that we don't associate them with quote dangerous behavior. And that's just not the case. And when things like this happen, yes, it's more shocking, but I think the shock can actually be dangerous because it just speaks to the fact that predators or people that have been committed really horrible, heinous crimes, regardless of what it is, we can't assume that just because someone gives off a certain energy or just because we think we have a clear understanding of who they are, that that is who they are. And that is why so many times victims aren't believed because people already have this image in their mind of who the apparent um, accuser is and they refuse to believe it. So yes, listen, we'd be lying to say that people weren't shocked and people weren't surprised by this. I just think that it's really, really dangerous when we start to almost not want to believe it because of we don't want to change the image we have in our minds and that can't happen. So I, that was definitely happening and it was jarring for all of us, but I feel like it's important to kind of mention that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this is one of those things where there was definitely a universal shock. We, uh, there's no denying that. Um, it was one of, it was, yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, I just, 
I didn't see it coming. And you're right. It is a dangerous narrative because not only does it kind of create an element where, um, you, you, uh, risk people not being believed when you have somebody who's so, you know, quote, beloved and praised and, you know, spoken about so highly, a lot of times, you know, victims won't even come forward out of fear that they won't be believed. Not, they don't even get to get to the, the point where, you know, they come out and, you know, there's the reception of their news. They're too scared to even tell anybody because of that fear of not being believed. And I think that these two boys and their mom, there's such bravery there because this is definitely somebody where it was, yeah, it was hard to believe. And it is a dangerous narrative. It's actually really interesting. I don't know if you know this. Um, I was reading about this earlier today. There's an episode of Sesame Street where, you know, Big Bird's quote, imaginary friend, Snuffleupagus. Yeah. So Snuffleupagus, the whole you know plot of Snuffleupagus was that Big Bird had Snuffleupagus and anytime an adult came, they wouldn't see Snuffleupagus. So they thought it was Big Bird's imaginary friend. And in a 1985 episode of Sesame Street, they decide that the adults are finally going to meet Snuffleupagus. They're going to you know finally catch him. They're finally going to see him. And the reason that they made that decision was because they thought that kids would get the impression that adults wouldn't believe them if they came forward with stories of abuse. So the Sesame Street creators decided to introduce Snuffleupagus to the adults to create a plot line of kids being able to say, of adults being able to say to kids, we're so sorry, we'll never not believe you again. Oh my God. Isn't that really interesting? That is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. That's such, that's so uh, like intentional on the part of the writers or producers or creators, whoever it was. Wow. Yeah. So just to the point of sometimes it is really hard to believe things you hear, but it doesn't mean they didn't happen. And I think it's just a really important lesson for us all to remember. Yeah, no, it is. And that's why I, like I'm, I'm putting myself and I know you too, because I, I, we were together when we heard about it in the same category of we absolutely were shocked and it's okay to be shocked. It's just not okay to refuse to alter the, you know, what you thought of that person in your mind. Because when, when facts come up and when things come up, our opinions have to change. And I know that it can feel like you're mourning this loss of this person that you thought you knew. But the reality is as much as we think we know these people, we don't. And even, you know, what's scary is that obviously we didn't know him, but think about Monica, think about Ladarius. Those are two people that could not have been closer to Jerry and they still didn't know about this. So it really is a comment to, we, you know, it's very hard to fully, fully know someone in and out. Yeah. It's, and that's also, you know, outside of the context of, of this conversation and this scenario, that's also a really difficult concept to kind of grapple with because, it, it kind of goes to the point of you don't really know anybody and not just celebrities, not just people like, you know, there are people that you're supposed to trust and there are people that you're supposed to be able to trust your kids with and trust in your life. And it really goes to the point of being really careful about who you can trust. And that's not to create a panic or a fear. It's just to be really sensible about different situations. And just, I, I think it's a lesson. It's, it absolutely is a lesson. 
I can't think off the top of my head right now, but there are definitely things that have happened similar to this where you have that moment of like, fuck, I need to be, I need to be thinking a little bit more critically about these things. Right. And that's a hard thing to deal with because it kind of, it shakes your trust. And I don't mean that in a way where people should, you know, be going out into the world with this idea that everyone is out to get them and everyone's a predator and you can't trust anybody. I don't think you can live your life that way. Um, But yeah, it is a really hard thing to deal with when you feel like your trust that you put in people is a little bit shaken because this person that you thought you knew that even though you didn't actually know and you knew you didn't know them, but this person you thought you knew so well and you thought you knew their infectious personality and who they were ends up being somebody that you you didn't. And yeah, it shakes you for a second. I think it, it, it kind of alters your view of things. It does. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. So that is, I mean, a developing story, obviously, and we will keep you posted as, as things come out. But I do think that there's a lot of bravery for those boys and their mom who, like Julie said, knowing the way that America felt about Jerry Harris still felt comfortable coming forward and knowing what that was potentially going to do to them. And he even said, the, the kid said, like, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't be losing my friends over this and, you know, creating the spectacle that's been created if I didn't, if this wasn't real, if this didn't really happen, you know? Right. Um, of course, of course, anytime somebody comes forward and it's so unfortunate, they're going to be met with being accused of lying, which in this case is, I, to say that to anyone, of course, is not okay. But especially in this case, when there's real, I mean, you see the screenshots, you know? Right. Um, and he, oh, so I don't know. But anyway, we'll keep you guys posted on that one. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. 
For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, Julie. Yes. You guys. <laughs> I have to tell you that the night that this happened, Isabel and I were recording our Comments by Bravo podcast, so I got a little bit of it out, but you haven't even been able to speak about it on a podcast. Okay. Well, I didn't realize you spoke about it already. Just for like a minute, because I was so excited that I, I, literally, it happened right before we started to record. Okay, for anybody who is curious what we're talking about, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston and a lot of other celebrities, which we'll talk about in a second, reunited for a virtual table read of the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh my God, Julie, this is what I needed this week in a way that I didn't even know it's what I needed. Oh my God. (laughs) The way we were talking about how we feel when the Friends cast does something together, take that feeling multiply it by literally 1 million. And that's how I feel anytime Jen and Brad interact. And if we thought a one second arm grab was good, oh my God, this should satisfy us from now until the end of our lives. I can't believe this. We have no right to ever ask for anything again. Hold on. I first just want to say, because we got so many DMs, if you don't know where to watch this on Facebook core C O R E it stands for community organized relief effort. Their page has the entire thing. It's, it was hosted by Dane cook, Dane cook, Morgan Freeman, Henry Golding, Jimmy Kimmel, Shia LaBeouf, John legend, Julia Roberts, Ray Liotta, Matthew McConaughey, Sean Penn. And of course, Jen and Brad are you, first of all, are you fucking kidding me about that cast? That's insane. uh, Insane. And second of all, like, listen, when they first went on the screen before they even started talking and he says, Hey, Aniston. And she says, Hey, Pitt. And he says, how are you? And she said, I'm good, honey. How you doing? I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. I didn't even know what I got myself into. I didn't know what characters they were playing. And then when I find out in this, like, I know not everybody watched it. I know some of you did, but let me just explain to you how, how much the reaction of the internet was not over-exaggerated in the most, talked about scene, Jen Addison's character is walking in on Brad Pitt's character masturbating to the image of her. Let me just say that one more time. Morgan Freeman is narrating Jen Addison walking in on Brad Pitt jerking off to her character. Are you fucking kidding me that that's real life? I can't believe it's real. Also, like the most iconic scene in the movie is is the red bathing suit scene and Jen's doing the table read with the red bathing suit over her white shirt. I, I no. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, when, no. When Morgan Freeman is like her nipples are so hard and and like he's going into so deep. I'm like, first of all, what is happening right now? And he's like, because he's, he, but basically Morgan Freeman is outlining Brad Pitt's fantasy of Jen. And he's like, and the bathing suit drops for her bosoms. And he's like, and Brad was, and he said, he didn't say jerking. He said jacking off. And I'm like, never in my life did I think Morgan Freeman was going to explain to me how Brad Pitt was jacking off. But you want to know something? I'm fucking here for it. Um, it was probably one of the best experiences ever. Also that, that first of all, thank God we fucking have that on on video was them saying hi to each other because to me that was a million times better than them acting out that scene. That was their genuine like reactions to each other. That was their genuine hello. Hi. Like the the term that people say like lives rent free in my brain, I've never used that before. 
this will forever live rent-free in my brain. Them saying hi to each other. The hi, honey, how are you doing? No. I'm sorry. How is that legal? What? Like, and also, it's the best feeling ever that you don't feel crazy because the fucking entire, not only is the entire internet reacting in a certain way, but also you have Julia Roberts, Matthew McConaughey, Morgan Freeman, Shia LaBeouf, some of the most famous celebrities ever. And you are watching them watch this Jen and Brad interaction, both the hello and also the acting out with that same sense of awe that we all are. Like Julia Roberts, her face was exactly like mine, but she's fucking Julia Roberts. Yeah, like it wasn't exactly like yours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah, no, we were, we were all Julia. Julia Roberts was us. We were Julia Roberts. I've I've never thought in my life I would feel so connected to her, but I, I did in that moment. It just, the world stopped. I'm sorry. The world just stopped. Like I, I can't, I have watched it a, a disgusting amount of times. And also the fact that neither of them really age or, or just do so, so gracefully. And Brad Pitt, like Julie, it's every time. It's, it's every, every, time. It's every fucking he, time. He comes on and I'm just like, Everyone else that I even speak of for a second, no one compares. No one compares. Oh my god! To me, it, no, I can't even talk about it. Like, and and the long hair, and he has this like very surfer kind of chill vibe. It's just so attractive. Everything. It's everything. I can't even. I, I, I'm not kidding when I tell you I could have done an, an emergency bonus episode about this. I, I I genuinely think I could have just this one thing. I. I can't get over it. I can't, I genuinely can't stop thinking about it. I don't know if that makes me crazy and I apologize if it does, but I also do not apologize. No, I, I obviously don't apologize. And also it's not just us. Like everything about it was exactly what I needed. I didn't even know I could handle it. Like I genuinely, I, I started to get like a little bit embarrassed. Like I started to feel a little bit prude. There's a lot of ways to describe you. <laughs> prude, ain't it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I watch porn that is way more hardcore than this. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm sitting here like, I'm not an old enough. I'm not old enough. Like, That's how I felt when I heard WAP for the first time. <laughs> that is how Julie felt. She texted me. She's like, I don't know. Like, I think I need to tell my mom. Yeah, I thought my parents were going to take my laptop away or something. <laughs> also, completely unrelated, but Shia LaBeouf was absolutely stoned during yeah. this. And it was amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. The whole thing was just the the best. It was just the best. Also, I was telling you before, like that movie is just special to me. No, I know. It, it definitely has that vibe of, you, you, like you said, you, you said it was your first rated R movie you've ever watched, right? Yeah, I think it was my first rated R movie. It was one of those things where like, I watched it at camp for the first time. Like our counselors made a really big deal about showing it to us. We were so young. It was one of those things where you're like, oh my God, my parents aren't here. I'm watching this movie that's so inappropriate. You never forget that moment. You never forget when you're young and you you get to have an experience like that. So for like that to be so linked with my childhood memories and then Brad and Jen to intersect their way into that, I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. No, it felt a little bit illegal. I completely understand. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Also, you know, the fact that it was all happening for a good cause was just, you know, the cherry on top. Like we could all just enjoy this knowing that it was raising money, which was a great thing that I think it was generous of all of them to kind of give their time to. But I do think that the best part of it was watching the other celebrities really not being able to wrap their heads around this happening. Like even you hear, you hear Morgan Freeman while he's reading it. He's like, oh Lord. 
If you guys want to engage in a good conversation with your parents at the dinner table, explain to them that Jen and Brad aren't together because Brad is currently dating somebody who's in an open marriage. Because if you want to confuse the fuck out of your parents, I suggest having that conversation. Wait, I forgot to tell you, I said that at at dinner on Friday night. Was your dad, my mom could not understand it. She was like, what do you mean? She was like, oh, so they're divorced and separated. I was like, no, they're just in an open marriage. No, I was telling his family. I was telling Eric's family. I was like, (laughs) I forgot that that was that night. Yes. I was like, no, I was like, no, get this. I was like, her husband, famous restaurateur. Guess where they met? The restaurant. They're like, no. (laughs) That is so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, no, it was, um, yes, you're so right. That is a very fun angle to add to it all. It was just excellent. I could not recommend this enough. Anything else you want to mention about that? No, I think I have to stop myself, actually. I'm just like looking. Hi, Brad. Oh, you, I didn't even see that you wrote this. Hi, Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. I think you're so sexy. Will you come to me? Ah! I can't. Nope, can't. <gasps> Sorry, can't. No, I'm like, I need to put my hair up. Can I, oof, give me a second. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I like, I just got so hot. That was a lot. That was a lot, a lot, a lot. I didn't even know I needed it. Holy shit. Okay. Shall we? <laughs> okay. Let's, move Let's move on to really, I was going to say not as happy news. However, my tune on this has changed, but we're talking about Cardi and Offset. So on Monday, Cardi filed for divorce from Offset in Georgia So according to the online court documents, her and her legal team described the marriage as, quote, irretrievably broken and that, quote, there are no prospects for a reconciliation. So she is asking for child support and hoping the divorce will be settled by agreements of the parties. So, okay, here's the thing. Obviously, we know that Offset has had a past of cheating and they had broken up previously, but recently or not the so, so, so recently, but at least in the past six months, things have seemed to be great. She's been posting about him a lot, not so much in the last month or two, but before that as if things were great. So a source told E! News that the inner circle was very shocked to hear it. They've been living together, parenting culture, and seem to be doing fine from an outsider's perspective. (sighs) Can I say something, Julie? You're not upset. Well, no, I want to just read her quote from her Instagram live. And then I want to speak to something that we said in a previous episode. So on her Instagram live on September 18th, she said, I want to say thank you so much. However, I don't really need it. I'm okay. I want to let you know I've not shed one tear. This time I wasn't crying. Want to know why? The reason my divorce is not because of none of that shit that ever happened before. It's not because of the cheating. I'm seeing people being like, oh, he has a baby on the way. That's a whole fucking complete lie. That's the second time people are trying to pin the babies over here. No, that's bullshit. I just got tired of fucking arguing. I got tired of not seeing things eye to eye. Nothing crazy out of this world happened. Sometimes people really do fucking grow apart. I've been with this man for four years. I have a kid with this man. I want to say thank you to everybody. They've been showing me love. I'm great. I'm okay. I'm not down. I'm not devastated. I'm not hurt. Okay. Here's the thing. I so vividly remember you and I recording a podcast about this a really long time ago and us being like, they're fucking soulmates. Who else could match each other's energy in the way that they do? And we don't care. We are allowed. We are going to hereby accept the future embarrassment we will feel by proclaiming them as soulmates. Like in case they don't make it, I don't care. We're not going to hold back and saying the way that we feel about their relationship now. So I do stand by that. Like I definitely think that they were, come on, they had energy levels that were very hard to match by other parties. However, 
I do think Cardi, especially at this place that she's at in her career, cannot be with a man that is giving her any sort of this bullshit that he seemingly continues to give. Yeah, I agree with you, obviously. I am not going to say I'm not upset because I just, from a complete outsider's perspective, I've just never seen two people more matched. I don't even know. I like can't even explain it. And like, listen, if she's fine, she's fine. If she's done with the relationship, she's done. I understand it. I'm not going to be like, they have to get back together. I just think that when you watched them together previous to this point, there was a level of fun that the two of them had that I had just not seen with any other two people. They're just, they're just kind of a breed of their own almost. And it was so fun watching them together. I was like, I can't imagine either of these people with other people because they're just so similar to me. Um, Obviously, I think Cardi is really growing and I think she's really finding her own. I think she's really navigating in the industry. And you're right. There is absolutely nothing that needs to be holding her back right now. So if this is what she needs to do and if she's happy and she's genuinely okay, I'm okay too. I just know that I'm going to miss them as a couple. That's all. I mean, listen, the thing is though, it does offset was kind of an accessory to Cardi's to Cardi's extravagance in terms of her personality. What I mean by that is like, doesn't matter who she's with, she will make that content as entertaining because she's not gonna be with a guy that isn't down to make out with her on live. Do you know what I'm saying? Where were they eating pizza that one time? The laser hair removal place? Yeah, she was straight up just getting her vagina lasered while eating pizza and he was there just vibing. <laughs> like that's you know what you're truly that's true fucking love what do you want i see it's true love you said it not me also someone was like what's the deal with the birkins i'm like you think she's giving those fucking back are you out of your mind no way first of all Please. listen to me listen to me everyone listen really closely kick your husbands and boyfriends out of the room for a second if you break up with them if they break up with you hide the birkins give everything else back do not give back the Birkins. Rings and diamonds can be replaced. You can get new rings. You can get new diamonds. Birkins, not that easy to replace. If you have one, don't give it back. Put it in your screen up if you need to. Don't give it back. Yeah, fucking live by those words. Hide the Birkins. Completely agree. It'll just, I, what I can't stop thinking about is like, who is she going to date next? I'm just curious. Like I'm, I'm more so from a point of curiosity. By the way, it should be noted, she made an Instagram account for culture. She posted the handles like it's culture. I forget exactly what it is, but definitely follow culture. So fucking cute. Oh my God. She is so adorable. She's yeah. so adorable. So that happened. Julie, we got the amount of DMs that we got of people being like, just checking on Julie were warranted because Julie was really upset. But, and I don't know, I think that you've come to realize like, fuck it. She deserves to be, to feel completely at peace. And I don't think, I know she says it's not because of the cheating. I don't think that that's true. I think that, I'm not saying he cheated again, but I think that she was sick of even just having that be a conversation. Yes. And I think she said that in her Instagram live where she, she kind of made a reference to how it just couldn't go back to the way it was before. Right. Right. I mean, you know, people have very different opinions on the saying, once a cheater, always a cheater. Some people live by that. Some people don't. And that's fine. Whatever opinion you want. I'm sure a lot of that is um, influenced by whatever happened in your own personal life. But I do think that from the perspective of the person that was cheated on, 
there is a level of trust that is really hard to fully get back, even if that behavior isn't still happening. And so who knows if that came into play? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that would be the craziest thing if it did. I don't either. Okay. This is a great, great little note to end on. Julie, why don't you introduce this one? The thing that's funny that I was going to say is that the next thing we're going to talk about happened on the same day as this. So as we were getting like inundated with with inboxes asking if I was okay about Cardi, we were also getting inboxes asking if I was okay about Justin and Justin Bieber and Chance doing Holy together. And people will be like, is Julie okay? I'm like, it's a very up and down day for me right now. Very up and down. But the yeah. thing we're talking about is Justin Bieber and Chance's new song together, Holy, which they released on Friday, which is, it's just a beautiful song. Em. It's just, I'm just happy. Anytime the two of them do anything together, they were like kind of promoting the song and posting on social media and Chance's, all of his captions were like me and my best friend doing a song together. And I was like, are you two trying to kill me? Like, are you, why don't you just like fucking at me? No, but dude, what was so funny was, I I don't remember this, but I guess you had said a couple of weeks ago in an episode, something about them collabing. So everybody was like, oh my God, you called it. I don't even remember that you saying that. What I was saying was when we were talking about Justin doing the pop star video, I was saying that like, if you're watching Justin doing pop star, what I suggest you doing after watching that video is watching the I'm the one video and the no brainer video. And then we had gotten into a discussion about Justin and Chance doing songs together with Quavo. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, we need another one of those. Like we need another banger like this. And this Justin Chance song isn't that like, that's not necessarily what I meant, but them collabing together is good enough for me for right now. I definitely want another no brainer on the one vibe. But this was, this kind of satisfied me for a little while. I don't know. I think it's just a great song. The music video is really sweet. Um, I don't know. There's not a ton to say about it other than I'm just happy for them. I think that they hit the number one spot on Spotify and it was Chance's first time doing that. If I'm correct, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I saw that on Twitter today, which was really exciting. I mean, I just, I love them together. It's, you can see they're so matched and they have so much fun together. And it's a great thing. And I also want to make a point, which I forgot to make uh, when the pop star video came out, it was, I think it was two podcasts ago. And we were talking about how that was such an interesting concept about the idea of like Justin Bieber, who was completely unremoved from the, like unrelated to the song came in and kind of did the video. And we were just wondering what else, like who else has done that recently, if that has been a thing. And a lot of people were like, yeah, the, the little Dickie Chris Brown video. And I understand why you would think that, but the reason that that we didn't even mention that was because it was their song together. The point that we were trying to make was like, Justin Bieber had nothing to do with this song. He wasn't in the song. He he didn't have any parts that he sang himself. So he was completely removed and like third party that was just brought in to enhance the music video. So I felt like I have to mention that because we got so many DMs of people saying that. And I understand why you thought that, but that's to us, we weren't even including that in the same category. Also, by the way, if you guys haven't caught the vibe already, this podcast is a Chris Brown free zone. Yeah, we don't <laughs> we don't support Chris Brown in this house. Yeah, we don't we don't fuck with Chris Brown here. Also, yeah. another thing that I wanted to say was that there was a really cute video of this gospel group practicing holy. I think they're outside of a firehouse in LA. And you know, Justin kind of comes up and surprises them at the end, they all freak out. But there's one picture of Justin 
he's never looked better. I'm not kidding. I know that I say this all the time. And I've sent you this picture six times. I've sent it to Isabel literally every hour being like, are you ready to talk about this yet? I can't deal with this new era of Justin. I don't think I'm physically going to make it. Julie, it's so overwhelming. It's, I know. I really understand. I Listen, you are feeling it more than I am. Absolutely. And I will give that to you 10 out of 10 times, but I want you to know how deeply I understand. He has never looked better. And this is coming from two people who never lost it for him. Nothing would make me happier than you feeling it as much as I am. Like, I don't, I don't need to feel it more than you. I, I want you to feel it. I know that I said on multiple occasions, and I'm not taking this back, that I given the opportunity, wouldn't do anything with Justin Bieber because of how much I believe in his love with Haley, where if I was alone at a party with him and something happened, I would have to be like, Justin, I I just can't. I love you and Haley too much and I can't let you do this to you guys. But Haley, if you keep letting this man out of the house, I don't know what to tell you. I know. It's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. He's so fucking hot because he's not just hot. He like knows he's hot, but in such an appealing way. Oh my, the, I'm telling you my favorite, my new favorite thing. And I said this, I think last week or two weeks ago is watching these like married women on TikTok who are like in their mid thirties, who are just experiencing this new era of Justin as like their first wave and like physically hiding it from their husbands. It is so fucking funny to watch. Cause I, I'm like, I so understand where you guys are coming from. It's overwhelming. His swag is overwhelming. Also what's funny is the younger generation discovering him like this now. Like also you're going to grow out your hair. You're going to grow out your hair. Like I'm fucking 13 again. Do you care about me at all? Just do you care about my mental sanity? Even just a little bit. I know. I don't even know what to do. I can't even handle it. I could talk about this. I, I can't. I don't, I don't. You know, Julie, you know that it that it's a unique attraction because you don't even mention his tattoos. And like, obviously, if it, tattoos are your thing, do it. It's just like, typically you and I are not normally that attracted to that level of tattoos. However, it doesn't even phase you. That's the crazy thing. It's not even just that I don't really notice them or that they don't like bother me, quote unquote. I think I fucking like them. And also, like, yeah, because I look at Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly and I'm like, it's funny when you have like what you think is your type, right? Where you're like, oh my God, this is my type in guy. Like this is who I'm attracted to and this who doesn't fit into this box. And then all of a sudden you kind of have these guys that start to like, or girls, like whatever, you know, that start to fit into your box of what you didn't think. And Justin Bieber with these tattoos is like, I never thought that I was attracted to it. But then I look at him and I look at other people and I'm like, maybe I am. <laughs> It's so crazy when that happens, right? That's been happening to us recently with surfers. Yes. Well, oh my God. I just say it. I don't know. See, this is my thing. (laughs) We're going to have to say it now, or we're going to have to cut it because I don't like to toy with you, your emotions, guys. (laughs) I always get a point with Pete Davidson where it's like, do I want to mention this on the podcast and then screw myself over in the future? Like, do you want to mention this on the podcast and screw yourself over in the future potentially? I'm not going to screw myself over in the future because you're going to hear it. I'm going to say it in a way that makes me just, just hear me out. Okay. okay. I think I've only said this on Patreon. So 
No, and I understand the point that you're making is kind of like, there's some people or celebrities that you can talk about where like, realistically, you were never getting the chance to be with Justin Bieber. Like we we figured that out. So you can talk about him at length. However, there are other people that feel a little bit more realistic, kind of like in the orbit. So you don't want to go too off. So I get that. And I, and I appreciate you kind of protecting me in that realm. However, I'm fine with this one. Okay. So if you are a Bravo watcher, or even if not, you know, Paul Nassif, Adrian Maloof's ex-husband, plastic surgeon, and he is um, the co-star of Bosch, along with Terry Dubrow. Anyway, he has this nephew, Ryan Nassif, who I discovered on TikTok, and I was stopped in my tracks. It is very rare that I am stopped in my tracks over someone like our age. He's, I don't know, what, 24? I'm 26. He's like right around there, I would imagine. And I send it to Julian Isabel not expecting them to have the same reaction as I do because he has longer hair and Isabel specifically is much more into like a very kind of clean cut guy. And I sent it and both of them are like, holy fuck. And I'm like, is this the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life? Keep in mind, he's 5'11 and you guys know me. I'm like 6'2 or bust. And since then, I've just said to myself, like, this happens to be, I genuinely think like up there. Like to me, he is up there with as hot as Justin, not the same swag level, but just strictly looks. And I guess the reason that I'm saying this is because it goes to the point of like, you think that you have a type and then all of a sudden this fucking surfer comes along with long hair and you're like, wow, everything I thought I know about myself just isn't true. It, it is. It like, it, it's so confusing sometimes. You know, the other thing I feel about Ryan is about saying it on the podcast. It's like, remember when Kylie wouldn't show the label of her drink because she didn't want everybody to know about it. That's how I kind of feel in this situation too. I know. Although he he's trying to up his following. So listen, his his hand is like Ryan C. Nassif, I think, on TikTok. He's just so hot. He's just so hot. I mean, thank God. I guess the reason I feel comfortable saying this is because I'm like, I guess, in a relationship. But if I wasn't, you know, do you like I'm not fucking with you. I would a thousand percent DM Paul. We don't he was when he came on the podcast, things were totally fine. It was like he was great. We had a great relationship with him. We have a great relationship with Heather. It wouldn't be weird for us to do that. I don't know if we're going to cut this out or keep it in, but I'm just saying it wouldn't be weird, hypothetically speaking, for us to be like, hey, by the way, is your nephew single? Obviously, that's not the case for either of us right now, but just saying. Why for neither of us? I mean, technically, you can't. One of us is in a relationship. I could still still DM, talk to her. Okay, wait. Actually, Julie, you have to. I don't even care. I want it so badly for, for, like, you have to do it. Can we do that? We're going to cut this out of the podcast. No, why, why? What do you mean, Why? I don't think we are. We'll take bets. If it's in here, you guys know that I won. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) moving on. So anyway, all of that to say, Justin Bieber, God, thank God you're alive. And Chance, what a fucking talented, sexy motherfucker. Just the two of them, I can't even. I, I, I feel like it was very specifically aimed at me, the two of them. I don't know why. I know that's not the case, but when they're together, I can't help but think of myself. I think of you too, if that makes you feel any better. And so did like thousands of other people. people. Yeah, not thousands, not thousands. I promise it wasn't thousands, but definitely a lot of other people did. Okay, moving on to the award ceremony, yes? Oh my God. Oh, can I say one more thing before we move on, actually? Of course, of course. I didn't put this in the outline, I forgot. The video of Chrissy accidentally telling that she's having a boy is probably one of the funniest, most classic things I've ever seen. Can I ask you a question though what? that I was concerned, like confused yeah, about? I asked, that, yeah, like it, it wasn't live. She could have cut it out, right? No, but she put as the caption, like, I guess I might as well just tell you guys. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. So no, I saw that reaction when she was saying it, where she was like, "Oh fuck," and then she made the conscious decision of of still putting it out. Yeah. No, it's true. There's just like even to even on the um the Fast Times read when she came in for a second and then she was like holy fuck that was all the famous people in the entire world in one zoom like there's just a level of candidness that hasn't gone away with her fame I think and people just are obsessed with that yeah I I just I love it I she tweeted about that and was like I genuinely came in to ask John a question that every single a-list celebrity was suddenly on his computer screen yeah (laughs) anyway okay moving on to the award ceremony Best clapback of the week goes to Zach Braff. He posted a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and wrote, thank you. And someone comments, pioneer and leader, Donald, keep the politics off the podcast. Because as you know, he has a podcast with his Scrubs co-host, Donald. And he responds, by the way, the guy commented that in all capitals. And he said, the podcast is free. It's our story to tell. You, the listener, do not have a say in our voices. You are an invited guest. Enjoy or leave, but do not presume for a moment that we give a fuck about your caps lock. <laughs> the reason that I love that was just like, the last line, do not oh. presume for a moment that we give a fuck about your caps lock. It's so true. I think people feel like when they're speaking in caps lock that their word carries more weight. Yeah, I. It, that's a really great line. Some, yeah. some comment lines just stick with you. That was one of them. Completely agree. And funniest comment of the week goes to Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Chrissy posted a picture of Luna. She was in the bath and Luna was shampooing her hair and she wrote, Every day she makes me a warm, not hot, chill bath and refuses to let me wash my own hair. Girls, man, at John Legend, how do we get so lucky with Lulu? Obviously, she was saying she made a point to clarify that it was warm, not hot because of the mom shamers in the comments. And Jesse Tyler Ferguson commented, you need to really be careful about the temperature of the water. Parentheses, sorry, I'm just seeing what it feels like to give parental advice on Instagram. It does feel pretty powerful. I can see the whole world from up here on my perch. It's amazing. I see now why people do it. I feel invincible. (laughs) Oh my God, are you an actor, Emma? What, did I do that well? Oh my God, so much inflection, so much character. So I, it was like a roller coaster in just one short comment read. I think it's just how many times I watched the Fast Times table read. I think you know, I think that you know how to do a table read. I'm, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, love that. Also, the added context is that clearly Jesse Tyler, as you guys know, is a new parent. So it just adds a, another layer to it, which... I love a little context. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? It is 1.22 a.m. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel great. I'm obviously not tired. I slept so much today because I was just going through it, but uh, I'm just happy that we're here together. Do you feel good now? I feel great. I'm so happy. <laughs> I feel like, no, I'm, I'm happy. Um, Kardashian recap, shall we? Yeah, I guess. Okay. So nothing really crazy happened this week. First thing we wanted to mention is that something came out saying that Chloe and Scott were apparently the most upset about keeping up ending. Quote, the family has been locked in an ongoing debate over the future of the show for months now. Kim has all the drama with Kanye West going on. He's refusing to put anything personal on the show. And it's increasingly difficult for Kim to find time to film the show. Kylie's making billions of dollars through her makeup line and product endorsements. She doesn't need the show. And like Kendall has always struggled with fame and being in the spotlight. Filming the show meant having to be in LA with her family. Now she's free to be off on the holiday or follow Travis Scott in his next tour. The only people who are upset are Chloe and Scott Disick. Chloe, Chloe tried to launch several spinoff shows, but none of them have been as, as successful as Keeping Up. And who knows how Scott will make money now that the show is being canceled. He loves flying in private jets and being treated like an A-lister star. I can see him flying commercial or paying his own way. I can't see him flying commercial or paying his own way. 
That seems a little bit like bullshit to me. I was just going to say, I love this narrative that Scott's poured out. Like (laughs) the show is over and Scott has lost all of his lifelines. That is so ridiculous. Also, I, I think the bulk of Scott's money most likely comes from outside business deals. I mean, I, the thing is like, Blanket statement, I agree that Chloe and Scott were probably the two most upset about this. However, you think keeping up ending that all of a sudden Scott can't afford a fucking private jet? Yeah, it's just a ridiculous narrative. I don't think I don't think either of them being the most upset is solely about the money. Like I'm sure they are upset that they're losing that check. Um especially as Chloe, I think, is not, you know, in the same realm as her other sisters. She does very well. I'm not concerned about her in the slightest, but it's definitely um, losing that check has more impact on her and Scott, presumably, than the others, or maybe specifically her. But what I will say is that there are so many other options for them, and they're not stupid. They know that. Um, And A, everything we know about Chloe is just that like she is the most nostalgic. So I think that if you're going to be kind of assessing what the biggest reason she's the most upset would be I would go to nostalgia and, you know, kind of upset about the show ending before I would go to money. And with Scott, I think that Scott loves, you know, the fact that the show forces them all to be together. And obviously there's still going to be a family, but I think that for Scott, who kind of doesn't have any family other than, you know, the Kardashians, I think that the idea of not being forced to be together or not being, you know, scheduled times that they're together is probably difficult for him. And that's probably why he's the most upset, if I had to guess. Yeah, I just, the thing is, when you have a lot of money, you, that money can make money. So it's not like these, you know, yes, of course, those, the paycheck helps, but like, I think Scott genuinely enjoyed doing it. I think reality television was something that he thrived in. I mean, he had his own show. I so arrived yeah. in it too. And I think that, I think there's a lot of elements and I totally believe that Scott and Chloe are the most upset. I'm not doubting that for a second. I just don't think the reasoning is right. Yeah. I so agree. Also, um, Courtney posted a picture of her and Addison in the Palm Springs pool and someone comments, this friendship still wears me the fuck out. And someone replies for real, she's 41 and she's hanging around with 19 year olds in swimming pools. And Courtney c- comments, do you suggest a better place? I'm looking for ideas. The only reason that I'm mentioning this is because I think this is the first time that Courtney has ever publicly responded to the kind of, you know, like weird attention that her friendship with Addison has gotten. Like people have been so critical of it. I don't think she said anything about it. No, this was definitely the first one that I've seen so far. It's also funny. I don't know why, because obviously if people are commenting a million things on all of your photos, you're going to know what the internet reaction is and what people think about whatever situation you're in. But there is something funny about talking about a celebrity quote behind their back as if they don't know that you think that and then them acknowledging it and being like, oh shit, she knows guys. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. I think, but that's what we were talking about last week. I genuinely think people forget that like celebrities can read their comments. It's kind of like the Britney Spears effect, totally different, but people really do think that their comments are going into an abyss. Yeah. It's like in their comments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Obviously, you know that we are just so fucking interested in that friendship. Yeah, beyond. Also, this is not news by any means, but 
Kylie did a what's in my bag video, right? And before I watched it, I was so excited because I see a thumbnail of Kylie standing in her insane closet with all these Birkins, which like, I think we were on Lauren, I don't maybe it was Lauren Alyssa's, some, some podcast where I was just like, obviously this is, I'm obsessed with this. I'm like, I want to see everything. And she's going through it. And listen, I am all for promotion. However, she should have just entitled the video, um, like my f- reviewing my sis- my favorite of my sister's products because this was not a what's in my bag. This was a, let me just show you all of the products that me and my scissors are currently selling and also throw in one thing that has nothing to do with it. And like, to me, I'm totally for the promotion, but just label it as that. People would have watched anyway. Don't make us, don't falsely make this a what's in my bag video. Like that was such a fucking letdown, no? My question with it, and I can't decide if I feel this way or not. I'm, I, I'm honestly not sure. Do you think that that was surprising of Kylie? Like, don't you think she's usually more in tune to what people want to see from her? That's what I'm, that's the only reason I'm mentioning it. Like, I, I'm trying to think, like, I feel like Kim doing it wouldn't have been as surprising, but Kylie is usually like very in tune to what her fans want from her and what they are interested in. So for her to just kind of do a couple of products that a, we already know that you like it's your name's fucking slapped on it and your sister's name is slapped on it. For her to just do that felt weird. Like I could understand if she did a couple of those and then was really like pulling funny stuff out of her bag or, you know, Stormy's this and then this thing that I have, I keep like, I could understand if you wanted to, you know, sprinkle in little subliminal advertising, but to make that the whole point of the video is like felt very unkindly like to me. It felt just incredibly like inauthentic. I like, okay, here, if you're listening to this and you don't like the Kardashians, but you listen to the Kardashian recap anyway, which if you're here, hi, you're probably like, duh, what the fuck do you expect? They're the most self-promoting bitches in the world. Fine. I'm not saying that they're not. However, there is an element to them that they understand like how to market that. So like if, if Kylie and Kim are doing a video and it's like doing Kim's makeup with only Kylie Cosmetics products or whatever it is, that's fine. People are going to watch anyway. But the fact that she it was so misleading in a way. Like, I know this is such a stupid conversation, but it's not about the video. It's about like, like you said, it's about the, I don't know. It it was very inconsistent with the way that she typically approaches these types of things. Right. It was right. Like, cause I couldn't decide, like I thought it was, but then I was like, maybe I'm off. Maybe it is totally on point for her. No, she does a lot of heavy self-promotion, but she acknowledges that that's what's happening. Yeah. I think so too. Other people may disagree, but I, th- I think I think so too. We all three of us had the exact same reaction at the exact same time. So I don't think, and other people said the same thing. Right. Okay. Is there anything else Kardashian wise that you want to mention, acknowledge, talk about? I don't think so. You know, a video I still keep watching Stormy looking in the mirror and going so pretty. Uh, she's the cutest thing I've ever seen. No, this wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't that much this week in that regard. But um, I'm sure there will be. And obviously Thursday night, I cannot wait. As you guys know, Fridays we are back for our keeping up. I also wanted to mention because I didn't want to forget they were so gracious to have me, and I and I promised that I would promote it. Um, I was on the Guys We Fucked podcast last week, um, hosted by Christina Hutchinson and. Corinne Fisher and they were really gracious to have me it's on Luminary but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that and um, yeah I think that's all we love you guys so much we will see you on Friday for our Kardashian bonus show and Isabel and I will see you this week for our Comments by Bravo episode thanks guys
celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.